Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on 9 to Noon to help you navigate family life. The range of early childcare options can be quite overwhelming, so how do you find the right fit for you and for your family? It's a daunting task for parents, who, uh, those who have the choice, if they have the choice, to decide on an early childhood centre, a childminder, a nanny even, or friends and family. If you have a young child, including under six months old, what do you need to know and what are the advantages and disadvantages of each option? Associate Dean in the School of Education at Victoria University, Wellington, Dr Sue Cherrington, has been involved in early childhood education for more than 40 years, primarily in the kindergarten sector. She's with us from uh, Tehoro. Hi, good to talk to you, Sue. Good morning, Catherine. What are all the different forms of childcare available, depending on where you live? But what are all the options now? Okay, well, there's, there's, there's two kind of groups, if you like, of, of childcare um, options available for parents. The first is those options that are available under the regulated um, early childhood sector. So um, the services have to meet minimum standards that are set by, by government, um, and they, they go through regular education review office reviews um, and so on and so forth. So within that sector, there are three main options the first is uh, a childcare centre, what we call in the sector an education and care setting, um, and they vary considerably in terms of the philosophies that they have, um, in terms of the hours that they're open for, um, and whether they take children aged under two or two to five, or, or a mixed age group from from children who may be, you know, well under six months through to, to heading off to school. The second option is um, is a home-based option where your child would um, go into another into an educator's home, and so the, the um, childcare is provided in that educator's home rather than your own home. And the third option is um, an in-home situation within your um, within your own home, where you may, for example, have a nanny who is employed under an, um, a licensed organisation who works with and, and looks after your child in your own home. So that's the regulated sector. Obviously, outside that that regulated sector, there are the other options that um, that parents might use, particularly around um, family members, grandparents, or, or other um, family whanau members who are offering care, and and maybe in some informal um, arrangements with maybe a friend or, or someone like that, where but where there are no regulations that are that are covering the arrangement, um, and also no government funding that's supporting that that childcare arrangement. Shall we look? Shall we work through them? Let, let's mm-hmm. look perhaps at the in-home care, the likes of Porson and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What are some of the factors that makes this an option, uh, for, for a preferable option for people? Lots of people, particularly with very young children, um, quite like that option as a um, as a choice because it retains some of that family feel. It's um, it's the caregiver who or educator who is working um, with a small group of children, some of whom may be her own or his own, um, and so there is that sense of family and and um, being located in the community and engaging in the kinds of community or, or locally based activities that a parent often does with their own child, you know, going to the park, going shopping, 
um, those sorts of daily kind of familiar activities that, that lots of um, lots of parents do with their own babies and children. Also, of course, there's there's not so many. There's not a big group, is it? So that that's something you might have in mind, particularly with a younger baby, if you're able to do it. That's right, and and one that's one of the things that parents need to be thinking about is 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 what do they feel most comfortable about in terms of the size of the group or the um, the structure that that their child would be going into. And some some people feel very comfortable with a, with a home based setting. Other people are, are, are more comfortable with a um, a, a centre based. Service. So it's about finding what works for, for you as the parent. Are there more hands on deck at a centre? And again, that's something you're weighing up. How many hands on deck? How many children? Do I like the idea of having, um, you know, perhaps more supervision or am I really happy and able to have one person I, I trust at home? Right, yes. And, and part of the, um, I guess, one of the, the, the pluses and the benefits of going into a centre-based option is that there are a range of adults who are there. And so um, if, if you know if children are sometimes challenging as they're, as they're developing their social skills, there's always someone else there who's able to, to support um, both the child and, and the other teacher or adult who's working with, with the child. There is that greater range of, of children to, to interact interact with and um, we know a lot in terms of learning that, that having older children to interact with is, is helpful for younger children and, and vice versa in terms of older children learning about caring for, for younger children that, that's perhaps sometimes more easy depending on the age range in, in both the centre and the, and the home base setting. We're talking about the regulated sector at the moment and I'm sure that's very much on people's minds. What, what kind of um, qualifications are required? Obviously you'd like to be personally comfortable with anyone who's Who's caring for your child, and particularly in your own in, in your own home? Uh, but is it fairly well uh, overseen the sector? Right. So in the childcare space, um, at least fifty um, percent of the staff have to be qualified registered teachers, um, and that's across the setting. So within an individual um, centre, there may be um, slight variations on that. There may be slight, you know, more a high proportion of qualified teachers in the over two than in the under two or vice versa. Um, and services are uh, um, able to get funding for up to 80% qualified. Some services have 100% qualified and registered teachers. In the home-based setting, the, the home-based educator has a, a lower level qualification as the minimum. Um, it's sort of around a level four or five on the, on the framework, so sort of the end of secondary school, first year out of secondary school level qualification. Um, but they are supported by visiting teachers who have to be qualified and registered um, teachers, early childhood teachers. Um, and nannies, again, um, tend to have a, a, a sort of a level four or five qualification. What When we come to the childcare or, or, or day centre, where obviously there's, there's more of everyone, mm-hmm. what are you looking for in terms of a physical environment? If you want to be happy with it, what are the sort of things you're looking for? I would be looking for um, an environment where firstly children are able to have some kind of agency or, or um, degree of um, control is perhaps not the right word, but where, where children can be active in that environment. So lots of movable equipment um, and it's okay for children to be able to rearrange things and, and move things. Um, Personally, I really like an environment that's got lots of, um, particularly in the outdoor environment, where, where there's quite a lot of um, nature visible, you know, that the grassed areas and, and trees and things like that. Um, but again, that's a bit of a personal 
personal preference. Um, you're looking for an environment where it's possible for children to work in small groups or spend a little bit of time sometimes on their own or one-on-one -on -one with, with the teacher um, or teachers so that it's not everything as a big group. You're not kind of a, a herd that moves your way through the centre, but there's lots of opportunities for small group and one-on-one um, and -on -one interactions and play. Obviously practicalities are part of this, the availability, how much someone has to be able to spend for such care. But are you also looking at more personal things if you do have choice, things like temperament and you know, what are some of the fa factors that might come into play? Absolutely, and I think particularly for parents in, as they move through that transition process that thinking about what kind of temperament your child has um, and how that might impact on them settling into the service and, and, and being comfortable is is quite a positive thing to think about. And if, if, I, if I use my own example, um, children... children we tend to be born with, with a different kind of temperament type. So you, you have some of those children who are um, sort of feisty and fearless and, and, you know, as soon as they're in a new situation, that's kind of, see your mum, see your dad, I'm off. And, um, and they, they take off with a, you know, barely a backward glance. And at the other end of the scale, you have the, the slightly you know, slower to warm up children who, who need to be settled in and who take their time. And once they are settled in, they're fine. And um, and I know certainly in, in my own situation, um, my son was was a child who needed to to have time to to settle in and and, and warm up. And once I realised that as a parent, um, it then took a whole lot of that pressure away in terms of he doesn't settle as quickly as other children or, you know, and, and I knew I just needed to build into my, to our routine that um, at the beginning of the day we took, you know, 10 minutes to, to settle and have a story, do a puzzle together, something like that, um, so that he was able to make that transition from home into the centre um, comfortably and, and very happily. All right. Uh, some of the questions you should ask, perhaps, if you're going to visit as well, because I imagine the philosophy of the service, to, to put it in, a, in grand terms, but you're wanting to get a sense of their approach. Yep. So you're wanting to see what the service values in terms of um, what children are learning in the service, um, what what teachers value, what the, and, and also the extent to which they want to know what you value as a parent. What's it important for you to have your child learn while they're in an early childhood service? And that can that can range over a whole a whole range of areas. So it might be that I want my child to to learn to get along with other children and to, to have some you know develop good social skills. Or I might be interested long term in my child. You know, having developed the literacy and numeracy skills that are going to give him or her a good start off at, at school, um, I might be really interested in my child having opportunities to learn and, and know about his or her culture within the service as well as learning about other children's cultures and, and perhaps learning um, words in other languages, for example. So it's about how am I um, and, what, and what we want for our child, what, how does that get recognised within the service alongside what the, the service values as learning and, and some of what is valued as learning is, is laid out in the, the early childhood curriculum to Fariki, so that's, um, that's a useful document also for people to look at. Mm. 
Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, sorry. It, it's also around the, the way in which the program is structured. So are there opportunities for children to engage in um, long periods of play together? How are routine events woven into the program? And particularly for very young children, routine events such as, as feeding, um, changing nappies, settling for sleep are very big parts of their daily lives. And they can they can be very powerful um, times for, for very positive interactions between the adult and the child, or they can be something that's more rushed and, and it's kind of factory line-ish. So you're wanting to know how does the service um, use those routine times as, as warm, caring moments and interactions between, between adults and teachers, because that, that will say a lot around um, the approach that the, that the service has to interacting with children. I imagine this is close to how the centre communicates with you as well. Exactly, exactly. And particularly with very young children, where their, um, what happens in a day can have a, a big impact. So, you know, if they haven't slept well, if they haven't um, eaten very much lunch or haven't, haven't had much of, a, of the bottle, then, you know, that's going to have an impact when, when mum and dad take them home at the end of the day. So um, what are the systems that they have for communicating about those daily events with you? But in the, in the sort of longer term, bigger picture, what are the systems and approaches that they have for sharing what your child is doing at the centre and what they've been learning in the, in the service? Um, and how are they managing those sorts of, of things? What kind of relationship do they want to have with the parents and families of the children who are who are in the service? So, um, do they make it easy for for breastfeeding mothers, for instance, to come into the service and to and to breastfeed if if that's possible, or to um, to express milk and and have that um, available for the child during the day? So, yeah, that stuff around developing a partnership with parents is also really important. Lots and lots of questions, and you're quite entitled to ask them things like, you know, do you have to pay if your child's sick or away? Absolutely. And what do you do with first aid and issues? And um, I mean, the obvious one to start with is, is your centre licensed? And, and ask about qualifications, and, and you should be quite, you know, polite, but quite entitled to ask all these questions. There's Absolutely. There's an, another matter of flexibility too, especially if you're someone who's not necessarily, you know, you, you, you might yourself sometimes find yourself um, asked to do extra at work or whatever. Is that another concern? Consideration, flexibility of, of 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 ours, and is it very often available that you can be flexible like that? Right. I mean, I, I think it's certainly something to have the conversation about. Um, it's possibly something that is a little bit uh, easier for um, for home-based services, whether it's in your own home or, or in the educator's home, to um, to perhaps be able to to, to manage because um, you're not juggling when staff are coming on duty and going off and um, and, and other children who might, you know, the, the, the numbers of other children who might be enrolled. But certainly one of the questions to ask is, you know, if I'm starting work two days a week and then in six months' time I want to move to three days a week or to full time, is that going to be possible? Because you don't want to be in a situation where you then can't be flexible in terms of, of, of either increasing or reducing your your working hours without having to then also perhaps move the service that your child attends. Let's look at the home-based care. If you do have that option of a childminder who might be a relative or someone you know, are there still some rules that do have to be met? 
if it's if it's outside the regulated um, sector, then I, as far as I know, there, there aren't rules um, that have to be met. So the things you would want to sort of know about, I guess, is um, you'd want I'd want somebody who'd done a first aid certificate relatively recently, because you know young children are very good at putting things in their mouth and, and choking and those sorts other of places. Things. Yes, exactly. Um, the and and I guess that's one of the things around when you use somebody from who's not part of the regulated service um, and perhaps who's not not fam, a family member. Then, do you know who else is coming in and out of the home um, with them? You know, are there Part of part of the regulated service means that the sector means that that people working with children have undergone police um, checks. Uh, in the home-based regulated sector, um, it's not only the caregivers, but it's anybody else who's living in the home who's had to undergo that police check. So you've got kind of a sort of a layer, a safety layer there. So um, it's probably not particularly easy to ask a friend have they had a police check or would they be willing to to have a police check. But it's those sorts of things that you probably want to be thinking through. And things like safety and, and fencing and whether there's exactly. pools, uh, any hazards and whether they're covered off. And in your own home? Same sorts of things, I think, because you want to know that the person who's coming into your home will know what to do if, if a first aid situation arises. Um, and I think if it was somebody coming into my home, I probably would want to have them have a police check. Yeah. Another matter, of course, is to blend different options. And, you know, you might be using family and whānau in combination with some centre-based care. Does that double the, the, double the trouble or, or, or can it be a really good solution? Uh, it probably depends to a certain extent on the, on the situation. I think um, quite often people, particularly with very young children, like to have the slower pace, if you like, of having some family member, uh, whether it's grandparents or, or aunts or uncles, um, looking after um, the child for part of that time, so that they, you know, particularly if if they're feeling that a whole week in a in an early childhood service is is too much, that having a couple of days that feel very much like home um, can can be nice. The other thing that I think is really important, though, that parents think about is what is my plan B, C, and D. So, um, you know, I'm I'm back at work. My child's well settled in in the early childhood service, whichever sort I've I've, I've chosen, and then my child gets sick and can't go back to the centre for three days or or five days. There's only so much annual leave I have, um, and or sick leave. So what what arrangements can I have in place to kind of pick up those 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 situations? And unfortunately, when children do start moving and having greater contact with other children, often in the early days they do pick up more bugs just because um, yeah. you know, they're young. But they do end up building up very good immunity. We've we've got to go through that phase, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> just look yeah. at, look on the positive side. Yes. Yeah, hey, right. just one one uh, person questioning the issue: If we heard you correctly, of home-based educators needing a minimum level four qualification, this person's saying that they don't require a qualification at the moment, and it's being addressed by an upcoming ministry review of home-based education. Did, right, did they, we hear you correctly? Uh, well, they they may have got a better better handle on that one. I I thought that they did require um, right. a lower level qualification. Well, that's uh, it's interesting just to be aware yeah. of, and especially if it's under review. Yeah. Just finally, with Play Centre, this is different again, uh, and, and the philosophy has been parents being active and, and being involved. Do you do you need to be aware of the fact it's not 
childcare as such. Yeah, so Play Centre is is built around um, parents delivering the you know and, and running running the Play Centre and, and delivering the program and doing being deeply involved in the in the program. So it's. Um, it's probably more of an option for parents where they're working part time and can still be involved, um, you know, two or three days a week in, in the play centre, um, or parents who are having a longer period of time at home. Play centre has um, predominantly has children starting at the age of two, although they they are there are some play centres that are sort of running. Um, uh, short sessions where parents with infants can bring them along for for a while but but as a um, as the more kind of structured program it's usually from two. Staying with age I think you need to can be no younger than six weeks to go into daycare and some would say three like some centres will specify three months is that yeah, correct? They, they will yeah. so, so centres will set their own sort of um, youngest age that, that um, and it would be very very rare for any babies under the age of six weeks. So I really appreciate it just one question that's come in and uh, we like to encourage questions so if you wouldn't mind addressing it. I don't know if you can answer it. It's someone asking about kindy, a kindy that's used time out as a tool with their three-year-old, saying she was put in an office for three minutes because she hit the teacher. Uh, and they're going to be taking it up. They weren't told about it directly, they're saying. They're going to be taking it up when they come back from being away. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a comment? Um, yes, I think it would be really good for them to, 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 to go and have the conversation with, with the teachers about, about what happened and if they're not comfortable about the response to then go to the association level. Um, the regulations are very clear that children cannot be isolated. Um, so what I don't know is whether there was an adult in the office with the child. Interesting, uh, yeah. So if if there was an adult there and, and the the teachers have have felt that the child was kind of overwrought and sometimes young children find it very difficult to kind of calm back down if they have got very upset if the if the um if the teacher had taken the child into that quieter space to to kind of give some space to breathe and you know calm down then that would be um you know, I can see there's an appropriateness in terms of how they've responded there, but children shouldn't be isolated. Thank you, Sue. I hope we'll talk again. Thank you, Dr. Sue Cherrington. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.